1: everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that clip from uh, Rocky Balboa. we've used it many times because it is so so pertinent to just about everything awesome in the in the world overcoming and I used it in in, uh, in honor of President Trump and uh, you know he keeps getting hit and he keeps getting hit and he keeps getting attacked and he keeps driving forward he keeps driving forward how much you how much you can take and keep moving forward i know if i was president i think i would have had it by now and said hey screw you guys i'm out of here you guys can destroy the country by yourselves and apparently the public doesn't doesn't care but he knows that there's about 48 states in this country that support him and uh even with a few uh with a few uh pockets of pockets of idiocy here and there but you know what and i and i talk about talk about uh the gun thing um somebody was in my office the other day and asked if if it got to where the the government was trying to confiscate our guns do you think did, did i think there would be enough people that would stand up to, to to fight against the government to create a civil war and not, or everyone was just kind of apathetic when say, say, no, I'm just going it, to, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <clears throat> and I think there's enough of us. There's enough of us that would fight. And, uh, honestly, I think, uh, the, the, if, if you listen to California, you listen to New York, you might hear a bunch of liberals say, saying, uh, that, you know, Hey, we need to get rid of guns. We need to get rid of guns. But you know what? The other 48 States are strong gun you know the rights to uh rights to bear arms and protect ourselves and that wasn't to protect ourselves from from uh, a charging a charging uh, rhino or something it was, it's there to protect us from the from a government trying to uh, control us and uh so anyway i thought that uh i thought that that clip was apropos for this week and then i had that song was love lies bleeding from elton john as i said last week uh don and i went to uh, nashville Uh, last Friday through this Tuesday and Monday night, we saw Elton John. And I have to say, I have to say the, uh, the concert was worth two weeks worth of Elton John clips. It was awesome. It was phenomenal. He went three hour, three hours. Um, the only break he took was for a funeral for a friend where he was off the stage for a few minutes to, change his clothes and probably uh, do whatever he needed to do and by the time the keyboards came on the beginning of funeral for a friend he was back at his piano and it went it went just a little over three hours it was fantastic it was well worth. if if you get a chance to see him um before he finishes his his tour um seize the moment so anyway um so we're going to talk about all this stuff but before i do let me introduce myself we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about everything that's going on in this country for the last week. We're not gonna talk about Elton John concert or or uh or much about the guns this week, but we're gonna talk about what's going on. But let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities that are real estate because the interest rates are so, so low right now. And uh and and uh, predicted to go lower as we go into 2020, and the opportunity right now is we're going to, as we go into the holiday season, you'll see real estate slow down. So if you're thinking about buying a property, you don't have as much competition, so it's a good time to to make offers. And if you own properties, you want to refinance them. Seize the moment while the interest rates are low. And if you're thinking about one of them reverse mortgage things, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get out. So uh, makes makes sometimes it makes the difference between a deal working and not working. Uh, but if you're interested in that, get, uh, give me a call toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020, one last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk with me on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and that will take you to my lending page. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If there's any part of the show you want repeated, or you want to hear, hear or you want to share it, you can get the podcast also on edhoffman.net, and you can uh, uh, go to the podcast page and hear it on demand uh, this week's show, whether, as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud and uh, or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free, have it download to your your uh, your your phone, your iPhone, your Droid, your iWatch, your iPod, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, anything that that you can listen to podcasts on, and have it download for uh, download on demand. You'll have it uh, download automatically once a week if you subscribe. Uh, if if you hear anything, I'll uh, oh, see. Let me get. I lost my place. Um, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, it's at Ed Hoffman, where I uh, tweet about current events all week long. And the Facebook page is uh, Facebook.com slash Hoffman, where you can go on there, like it, and uh, listen to whatever uh, Brooke posts on there for our Facebook page. Okay, so let's get into, uh, oh, before I go further, let me introduce uh, my co-pilot this week, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietors of Dawn's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands, Scotty. Welcome back. It's great to be back in the house, Ed. And, uh, you know, we were talking before the show, uh, and uh, there was a big event that the Democrats probably are a little frustrated with.
2: What are you talking about?
1: Uh, your transgender <laughs> bicyclist. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: I, this happened about a week ago, and I wanted to chime in on it uh, because obviously I come from the cycling. Cycling is my business. And not only that, but I was a competitive athlete um, so years back. I actually competed in the Olympic trials, and uh, I've won a couple state titles for California. So this story came out about a week ago about a transgender cyclist, a uh, gal, guy, whatever you want to call this person, by the name of Rachel McGinnon. Uh, She recently he she recently uh, smashed the world record in the 200 millimeter 200 uh, meter sprint um, and set a record for the 35 to 39 Masters World Championship. So this person is now a world champion. And, you know, obviously the world's changed, Ed, because it wasn't that long ago that a tranny was something that bolted on behind your engine. Exactly. Right. But, you know, when you when you look at what's going on now, and I I think back to there was one time in my competitive career, which I I competed for about 10 years, there was one time where I actually competed against a woman. And it was at a very difficult road race called Death Valley to Mount Whitney It was really, really tough race. And there was one I remember we all lined up for the start of the race. And there was a woman that started. And at first kind of like, wow, it's a, there's actually a chick on the line. Well, this chick was a gal named Inga Thompson who was probably the top-ranked female cyclist in the country at that time. She was an Olympian, just incredibly gifted. And the only reason they put her in our field was because they didn't really have a, a field for elite-level women. So they kind of lumped her in with the elite men. The point is that she got smoked, Ed. She got smoked bad. And and it it's something that, that always stuck with me. It's like... There is a big difference between a biological male and a biological female. And we're starting to see more and more of this now where we have these transgender athletes just creaming and smashing women in their sports. And it's kind of like this, this could be the beginning of the end for female sports period.
1: I would think, or maybe it's the beginning of the end of the
2: LGBT movement
1: as we know it. But elaborate on that. What do you mean? Well, you know what, maybe uh maybe they have to
2: take the uh the tea part out. Okay. So you're saying it's such a separate category that Yeah, but but it's kind of like we're all going along with this and pretending that it's legit When it's a freaking joke and it's kind of like, where's this going to end? I mean, we're going to the Olympics, you know, we'll see that pretty soon. But, you know, a lot of the concern is a lot of young female athletes are not going to want to compete because they know there's no freaking way they're going to be able to beat some of these transgender athletes. And some of these uh, some of these women that support that
1: support that movement are going to say, oh, I just shot myself in the foot.
2: Well, it's kind of like se. the left eventually eats its own, right? yeah you have, you have the feminist groups and now we have the transgender groups, and yet the feminists seem to be are you know oddly silent on this issue
1: yeah it's uh it's 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 bringing up a uh unintended consequence that nobody thought about well, not many people thought about it. we've talked about it before i know uh in my sport that I competed in in arm wrestling um I would say uh there's some arm wrestlers that really aren't very good that if they change their uh they change to female and competed they probably do pretty good.
2: Okay, if you identified as a woman could you win the world championships for your age bracket at <laughs> Absolutely. <I don't>. Okay. <laughs> just
1: just so if, for those people that don't know, I won the amateur world championships uh 6 times in my weight bracket back in uh the 90s. Six six times I was a world champion. Then I went pro and I got some seconds and thirds and a lot of butt kickings. And uh at some point it, the doctor told me, Yeah, you probably shouldn't do this anymore.
2: Mm. All right. Very good.
1: Talking about breaking tendons and stuff. So anyway, that's uh, still a fun sport. I still like to get on the table now and then. But uh unfortunately the doctor told me right in front of Dawn and so she's she's gonna keep me from entering any competitions.
2: All right, all right that she knows about. Well, I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, I'd really always wanted a national title, let alone a world title. So can I just self-identify as a woman and go get that? No, I think you have to cut something off. Are you sure?
1: I don't know. What All is right. the definition of a tranny these days? I don't know. It's the thing that bolts on behind your engine.
2: Right, exactly.
1: Or on the side of your engine if you're front-wheel drive. <laughs> All right, so let's go into what's going on uh, in this country uh, politically in a historic action this week, a bitterly a bitterly divided House of Representatives voted Thursday to endorse the Democratic-led impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. Of course, we all wondered, what did he do? Don't you have to break a lot of, to uh, get impeached? The vote was 232 to 196 to approve the resolution that sets out rules for impeachment process that's sure to capture the attention of voters in the months leading up to the 2020 election. And that's just the point. Uh, isn't it? I mean, they, they know they have there's no chances. All they want to do is, is bring doubt into voters eyes. And I, and I think this is going to backfire on them because I think 2020, we're all not only going to keep the white house, we're going to get the house back and get a bigger, bigger, uh, majority in the Senate. Uh, this is only the third time in modern history that the house has taken a vote on impeachment inquiry into a sitting president. Did it get to that point with Nixon or did he resign first?
2: Um, it did go to a vote, but he ended up resigning before that process was
1: completed. Okay, so it got the it got the vote. So yeah. it was uh it was uh Richard Nixon and then Bill Clinton and then mm-hmm. now now Donald Trump. But the other two guys did something wrong. Trump is just trying to do his job and drain the swamp. The vote was expected to be deeply partisan. No Republicans broke ranks with the president, and two Democrats, Colin C. Peterson of Minnesota and Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey, joined the Republicans in voting against it. So it was Democrats uh, 231 yes, two no's, and one not voting. Not sure who that was. Republicans was 194 uh, y- uh nos, n- no yeses and three not voting. Um and the independents Would that be uh the guy in New Jersey or in Vermont or uh apparently this
2: guy was a was a Republican who switched Lieberman. to an it?
1: Was it Lieberman or was it the guy the guy that uh in Minnesota or Michigan that j- just switched to an independent? I don't know. I don't know either. So either one. So one independent voted voted for it. The fact that two Democrats voted against the resolution was driven home by the Republicans in a press conference after the vote. Here's the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy. Today the country just
3: witnessed the only bipartisan vote on that floor was against. The question to the speaker are the same questions I provided in the letter about the unfair process that we had what has changed since March In all the hearings there's nothing compelling nothing overwhelming so the speaker should follow her own words on what bipartisan vote on that floor and in the sham that has been putting this country through this nightmare that's exactly what this vote shows today
1: so what he's referring to in March was uh, Nancy Pelosi said in front of everybody that that uh, impeachment was a very divisive uh, situation and it would divide the country and we need to have all the facts and know everything that we have. Be sure before we even go down that road.
2: Well yeah and it, and it seems like well what's changed what what changed in her head since that point in time and I guess it's becoming increasingly obvious that they have a less and less of a chance of beating Trump in the election next year so the only hope they've got is to try this impeachment stuff
1: yeah it's the only the only thing they can do cuz Trump is clearly doing his job and he's making jobs and he's he's making America great again um and let me and let me uh let me clarify something for some of you guys that listen to the democrats and go hmm Maybe Elizabeth Warren is has got something. You know what? Trump did not create jobs. Trump created an environment for the free market to create jobs. And that's his that's his job. You can't have the government you can't tax the hell out of everybody that has jobs enough so that they can create jobs and everybody works for the government. That's called communism. Socialism. So uh that does that doesn't work. What Trump is doing is getting the the high taxation and the regulations away and encouraging corporations to create jobs. So when so when uh when the democrats say, well he created all these tax cuts for his friends and big corporations and left the left the uh the 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 middle class out. Remember what Romney said? 47% of people don't pay any taxes so we're not going to get those votes. For nothing's changed since then. If you have taxes pulled out of your, pulled out of your check. And you say, well, I pay taxes. But then at the end of the year, your W2 says you paid in 4,000 and you get $8,000 back. You didn't pay taxes. If you got, if you paid in 4,000 and got $4,000 back, you didn't pay any taxes. And that's still half the country. So what could they do for taxes to save, save those people tax money? Nothing. But what did happen is the people that were unemployed and the people that were employed in jobs that they they hoped to uh, aspire to higher positions, higher paying jobs, he created an environment where the corporations would do that. And by lowering the taxes, the corporations spent that money on hiring more people and that's exactly how it did, how it happened. It's not a question of Trump created jobs and now Elizabeth Warren says she's going to create jobs. The jobs that the the Democrats want to create we're going to shut down the auto industry. We're going to shut down the airline industry. We're going to set da- shut down the oil industry. And all these jobs are going to come from the Green New Deal. So we're going to put a whole bunch more people out of work. And
2: everybody seems to be okay with that. Um you want to add anything to that? Yeah, well, just like you said, you're, you're creating a business-friendly environment. The government doesn't actually create jobs. The best thing that they can do is get the government the hell out of our way. And when I say our way, people like you and me, entrepreneurs, the people that create small businesses and employ people. Um, and, and look, you can argue with Trump's methods, but look at the results. Look at where we're at in terms of unemployment numbers, GDP numbers. Uh, look at the stock market numbers. I mean, it, it's difficult to argue with the results, Ed.
1: Yep, exactly, and uh, what they're trying to impeach him for was was for checking into something that Joe Biden admitted in on videotape that he did, which is clearly against the law, and now they're saying, well, he was insinuating a quid pro quo. Well, wait, Joe Biden admitted it right on tape. Um, so anyway, delivering an even stronger stronger point about the resolution and double standards of these impeachment hearings in general was Minority Whip Steve Scalise. If you look at the resolution today, They
3: talk about fairness. Now, if they really think that they can tell people it's fair, that only the chairman gets to decide who the witnesses are, and they give us an opportunity to call witnesses, but if the chair says they they don't like the witnesses, the witnesses don't come forward. They allow the president to have legal counsel in the room unless the chair decides that they don't want the president's legal counsel in the room. That's never happened before. With the Clinton impeachment, with the Nixon impeachment, Republican and Democrat alike, both sides were treated equally. both sides could call witnesses. president's legal counsel was in the room, not at the discretion of the chair, but because it's
1: fair yeah, in fact, one of the Republicans that's been in on these secret secret uh hearings or these secret questionings of these witnesses said that uh he got a chance to ask a question to the witness or whoever was testifying and uh and he asked a question and uh, Adam Schiff said no nope. instructed the witness to not answer that question. So, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's it's uh not a not a fair situation. Here's a, here's more from Steve Scalise on the what the impeachment is really about. And so when
3: you look at this Soviet style process, uh, it shows you that they don't really want to get to the truth. They want to remove a sitting president. In fact, the author of the articles of impeachment said, If they don't impeach the president, he will get reelected. Now, that's not why we have impeachment. Alexander Hamilton made it very clear. His concern when they were trying to promote the Constitution was that he didn't want to see impeachment used for political purposes. Yet that's what happened today. He predicted it and it happened today. It's a sham. It shouldn't have happened. It's a tainted process that Adam Schiff's been conducting, that Nadler might one day conduct. Uh, the House deserves better. The people of this country deserve better. We should be tackling real problems. We could have lower prescription drug prices today, but Pelosi won't bring those bills to the floor because she's infatuated with impeachment. Our troops could be properly funded, but Pelosi is infatuated with impeachment. In fact, we could have better trade relations with Canada and Mexico and create 160,000 new jobs today, but Pelosi's infatuated with impeachment.
1: Yeah, they say they're moving forward with important legislation, but I don't see it.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing that irks me the most about this whole thing is it is a colossal waste of time. This is not what people were elected to do is waste time on this. And, and I think, look, he's not going to be removed from office. You can be impeached, but he's not going anywhere. That has to go through the Senate. That's not going to happen. So... You know, it's almost like at this point, I get sick of hearing about this thing, and I just want to almost ignore it.
1: Yep, I do, too. And the bat- and batting cleanup was uh, House GOP Chair Liz Cheney.
3: A long list of things the American people deserve to have done that simply are not being addressed because of the Democrats' obsession with impeachment. But think about what Speaker Pelosi has done for the last several weeks and what she codified today. What she did today was she said she is going to take the Intelligence Committee of the House of Representatives which is arguably the single most important committee when it comes to our oversight, when it comes to the national security of this nation. And she has told them, stop all focus on any issue that has anything to do with the national security of the nation. You saw Democrats on the floor of the House arguing that somehow it was Republicans who were putting politics above national security. There is no one who has done that the way that Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff have done that.
1: And as for Adam Shifty Shift, the man whose entire life has been consumed by trying to get Trump impeached for the past two years, he used his press conference to pretend like this was an actually a sad, somber day for him. This
3: is a solemn day in the history of our country when the president's misconduct has compelled us to continue to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. We take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry, but neither do we shrink from it. I make no prejudgment as to whether um, that remedy will be warranted when we finish these hearings. I will wait until all the facts are put forward. We will undertake this duty with the seriousness it deserves and to the best of our ability.
2: No joy by this? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you can just smell the joy in his voice. Exactly. I got a question for you, Ed. Do you think and I haven't heard this question asked anywhere, do you think this impeachment process will ultimately help Trump? Yes. Okay, how so?
1: Because I think I think it's it's becoming so obvious that they're that they're uh, they're barking at the moon here that he hasn't done anything against the law. And you could say, "Hey, he he tried to use a uh, foreign foreign government to get Get a, a dirt on his political opponent, but what are they doing right now? They're using a, a legal, uh, a legal procedure to try and tear down, uh, tear down their uh, political uh, opponent. Well,
2: the, all I know is the last impeachment against Clinton that actually helped Bill Clinton. I think we all know that his ratings went through the roof. We got reelected. We lost the house. No, that was after the re Okay, you're right.
1: You're right. But, uh, but we'll talk about that right after the break. Yep. We got uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman,
2: NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number
3: 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.
0: AM 590, the
1: answer. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate or finance on the show because I think you guys, if you're not in the market for it, uh, it might be boring to you, but if you own real estate or want to own real estate, interest rates are great right now. Time to check into it. If you're uh, if you're not sure if, if uh, a refinance or if a, a purchase is timed right for you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Or uh visit edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo and tell me how much we can we can do this over the over the the cyberspace. So anyway, uh if you weren't listening on the first half, uh in the studio with me is my co pilot, Mr. Scott McAfee. More fun than Disneyland, Ed. Always is. Yep. You don't think I do this because I make money on it.
2: No, no, it's just a uh it's a labor of love, Ed.
1: Exactly. So uh <laughs> So, uh, before the, before the break, well, just before we uh, went to the break, we were talking about the impeachment and, uh, Scott asked of We were talking about whether the impeachment of Bill Clinton helped him because he seemed to go, uh, get more popular. Um, the only reason that Clinton wasn't, we saw, we had a, uh, uh, a book signing, uh, through the radio station of the, one of the judges that was, uh, involved in the impeachment. And what he said was the reason that that Clinton was impeached in the house. And when it went to the Senate, we were one year away from the reelection and the, and the Republicans opted not to remove him from office because if they removed him from office, Al Gore would have become the president. And then he would have been running against the, uh, eventually, uh, George W. Bush, but he would have been running against the Republican nominee, but he'd be, he'd be running as an incumbent and the incumbent always has the, has the advantage. So uh, they said, "Okay, we're going to leave him in there, and then we're we're running against their new person and our new person."
2: Well, maybe they should have thought of that before they filed the articles of impeachment in the first place. Uh, you know?
1: yeah, but you know, it, it takes a long time, and yeah, the the the, and this is exactly why the uh, why the Democrats are doing it because this is their only chance. Yep. Because yeah. he's he's done too much to make America great again. And they just don't like him.
2: Well, and the election is only like a year away. Was it like a year away, actually, of, uh, at the time the show airs.
1: I, th- I think the, uh, yeah, yeah, the election. Yeah, by the time you guys are hearing this on the radio, it's one year from election day next mm. year.
2: Countdown's on,
1: Ed. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year. Um, of course, I said that in 2008 and in 2012.
2: Hmm. Better watch it. I don't want to seem too overconfident, Ed. You know, you really don't.
1: I know. 2016 was fun. That was. Yep. The, that was the. That, that was, was way
2: fun, Ed. I know.
1: So anyway, uh, meanwhile, Adam Schiff's state is uh, literally on fire. Um, that would be our state, California. Uh, as is the case every October, wildfires have broken out throughout California. There are currently 14 fires burning now across the four counties in Southern California. Uh, so what do, you want, what do you want to bet if the fire started in Burbank, Schiff would stay in D.C. to oversee the some more hearings in his bunker, um, and Burbank being his uh, his uh, area. So uh, how's Governor Gavin Newsom responding to the 2019 wild, wildfire season? By ranting about the utility companies and blaming on capitalism meets climate change. And while I want to chalk it up, as someone who believes deeply in that the hots are getting hotter and the dries are getting drier and the wets are getting wetter, that it's just climate change, it's more than just climate change, and it is climate change, but it's more than that. And this relates to PG&E. It's about dog-eat-dog capitalism meeting climate change. It's about corporate greed meeting climate change. It's about decades of mismanagement. It's about focusing on shareholders and dividends over you and members of the public. It's a story about greed. Yeah, I'm kind of not feeling that. You know, the Getty fire. I don't think PG&E is down here, is it? It's Edison, all Southern California.
2: Right, right.
1: So PG&E, what do they have to do with the uh, fire at uh, by the Getty Museum?
2: I don't know. This just sounds like you're passing the buck. you got to blame somebody. So blame some corporate entity, some company for what happened instead of your own lack of preparedness. Since we do this like every year, wouldn't you think they would sort of like – I don't know, maybe remove some of the brush around power lines. Oh, I'm sorry, the environmental groups don't allow for that, Ed.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, they could have cut down all the dead trees from the from the year before on the that the uh the big the big snowstorms killed up in uh up in northern central California, which uh last year became uh fuel for the fires that that burned all those acres and all those houses last year. But uh apparently uh Newsom, well I think that was Brown's Brown's time, nobody nobody wanted to take the 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 effort, the precaution to remove all the, all those dead trees. And, uh, we paid for it. And, uh, so I have, a, I have our time. And then when he says, Hey, the hots are getting hotter, the, the colds are getting colder, the wets getting wetter. I, I don't, you know what? Ever since I was a kid, when do you, when do you go out and fly your kite in the fall? Why? Because that's when it's windy. So you can fly a kite. And you could also do it in the, in the spring a little bit, but fall is really kite kite flying season. So the fact that it's got windy in Southern California, uh, I don't know. I don't see how PG&E has anything to do with that. And, you know, every every uh, after fall, it starts to turn to winter. And I notice it's getting colder now because we're going into winter. And, of course, after spring comes summer and it gets hotter.
2: I don't know. I'm sick of climate change in general, which used to be called global warming, Ed. But since we weren't buying that anymore, they had to change the name. You know, not say they changed the name, Ed. Yeah, they did. Changed the, they, they're a master of name changing. I'm okay with climate change. It happens, happens four times yeah. a year. Well, yeah, it actually happens every second the climate changes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. One, one minute it's hot, one minute it's cold. <laughs> hey, you know, it seems cold in the studio today. It did, man. I was freezing my butt off in this place. I know. Apparently they got the air conditioner going pretty good, but yeah. they didn't fix the heat. In
2: time to turn it off.
1: So, uh, so pointing out the truth about Newsom's supposed war on greed is Fox Business's Charles Payne.
0: I think the real issue for the governor is that he is a champion uh, of higher taxes. He's a champion of more regulations. He's a champion of sort of letting the red carpet out for illegal. So I think his issues are going to get worse. One thing I want to point out about California nonetheless. the less. Over from 2016 to 2018, the income inequality, and I talk about this with them a lot because they talk about this as a political party. Mm-hmm. The top 5% saw their incomes go up 19%, the bottom 20% down 5%. Mm-hmm. In San Francisco, the top 5% make 800000 a year. You know what the bottom 20% make on average? Mm. 16000 Wow. Think about that. You cannot afford to live in these places. Rents have gone up 16% while wages have gone down 1%. Uh, You know, the regular folks just cannot afford to live in that state anymore.
1: So uh, I think uh, he's talking about San Francisco and uh, San Francisco versus the whole state. And I think that's a little bit probably the most expensive place in the state. Um, So the whole state's not quite as bad as that. But I will tell you, uh, Don and I had an Uber driver in uh, Nashville this past week, and she moved from... Orange County somewhere and to uh, to uh, some city outside of uh, Nashville. She said she's about 25 minutes away and uh, and she said she was rent. She was paying a nineteen hundred for a two bedroom apartment and uh, in uh, Orange County and she moved back there and it's six hundred bucks. And except for this, this apartment is nice and it has a pool and it's uh, a lot, lot safer in a nicer area and newer. And uh, she said we went from uh, um, almost $5 a gallon in California to $2.09 for the same kind of gas, just a different state.
2: Well, and people are leaving slowly but surely, which is kind of sad. I don't know, we were talking about this off the air as well, whether you would move or not. And you're like me. I mean, you have businesses here, you have family here, you have friends, you have all kinds of connections and relationships with people. It's tough just back up and move, but it is getting worse and worse. There's no doubt about it. Yep. And if we don't do
1: something about it, and the the things that we do about it are make sure you sign the recall the recall petition for Gavin Newsom we have till uh, February 15th to have a million and a half signatures. If you don't know, I think you can Google it. There's, there's places where they're having signatures all over the state every weekend. And uh, if you can't find one near you come into summit funding, we have the, we have the uh, petitions uh, at our, at our office and you can sign them and we'll get them into uh, the people collecting them. Um, make sure you sign the the recall of Gavin Newsom and let's make sure that we get rid of all the Democrats because they're all, they're all working together to take over our, our state and uh, take over our country. So, uh, so speaking of Democrats who uh, want to squeeze us dry, here's uh, what the Committee for Re- Responsible Budget says we would need in order to pay have uh, Medicare for all. That uh, that I don't think it's just. I think it's Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and a few others that are suggesting this. Uh, here's how you'd pay for for uh, Medicare for all: 32 percent payroll tax, which is Currently, it's 16.2 that you split between you and your employer, but it would go up to 32. So double the payroll tax. 25% income surtax. So that would be some kind of a flat rate on your income. Pay 25% before you get into all the other taxes. 42% value-added tax and what's a value added tax well that could be applied to anything that's manufactured in the United States it could be applied to luxury items it could be applied to anything but a 42% value added tax so hey you're buying something nice because you earned the money add 42% to the price of the to the price of that car price of that boat to the price of just about anything mandatory minimum premium of $7500 per person per person so your uh your premium would go to $7500 that's about $625 per month Per person. So if you're not already paying that, um, I know a lot of people that pay that, but they pay it for their whole family. Double all individual and corporate tax rates. Well, that just, that's what uh, uh, Trump brought the corporate tax rate down to 21% from 35. Let's put them back to 42. You think that's going to help? I don't think so. Cut non-health spending by 80%. That's cut the 80% off the military, 80% off of uh, fixing our roads, 80% off building the wall, 80% off anything that hasn't do, hasn't to do with health. Any combination of these items is what's going to have to happen. Here's Charles Payne on that.
0: We're all out of money, and if we don't do those things you saw, and we just took it from, let's say, Social Security and the military, yeah. instead of $18,000 a year, Social Security recipients would get 3600 Instead of a 1.3 million troop army, we'd have a 270,000 troop army. So it would be a lot safer. Uh, elderly folks would have a lot, more, lot less money, but... We'd have Medicare for all. Elizabeth Warren is really, really somewhere in a, in a, in a corner with this and, one. Have you seen numbers Try like this before? Is that, uh, is no, but they, I mean, you're talking $34 trillion over 10 years, so that has to come from somewhere, and this is why she has not been able to answer
2: the question.
1: And, of course, I heard today it went from 30, $34 trillion to $52 trillion.
2: That's already gone up, Ed.
1: <laughs> yep, see, it has, we haven't even started it. And uh, those of you that are collecting Social Security go from 18,000 a year which is 1500 a month to 3600 a year that's 300 a month that won't bother anybody. We want to make sure everybody has health care. And health care has nothing to do with health insurance. Health insurance is something completely different than health care. Uh, so that's right it's been one week since uh, Warren pronounced her answer on paying for health care would was all was all coming soon and surprise surprise she hasn't delivered yet. Even the young voters she's promising free college are starting to question her.
0: An economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst told Kaiser Health News earlier this year that that could result in about two million jobs lost. Uh, He said those would be mostly administrative positions and insurers, doctors' offices. So
2: I agree. I think this is part of the cost issue and should be part of a cost plan. Losing all those jobs is part of the the issue?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's part of the plan? You know the you know the the <laughs> How does that work? The trickle down part is you uh you give uh you tax cuts to the rich and to the uh and to the people that pay taxes, corporations, and that trickles down and they spend it on on jobs and the middle class people get to get higher jobs and the and the lower class people get jobs and they get opportunity to, to make their lives better and uh and then everybody's working, everybody pays a little bit of taxes, nobody has to pay pay all the taxes. And, uh, but this is her plan. She's going to go the opposite direction because this somehow is going to fix the world.
2: Well, the the most annoying thing is, Ed, these people live in a fantasy world. This stuff doesn't exist in reality. These stupid new green deals, this Medicare for all, it's all fantasy. It's all nonsense that has no, no reality to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, but this is the world we live in. These are our candidates, Ed, on the left. Yep. Uh, I see a landslide for, uh. For Donald Trump, mm. so uh,
1: but let's not take it for granted. No, Make sure everybody gets out and votes. That's right. So uh, that's coming up uh, one uh, one year from today. So uh, which will be a Tuesday, November second. Um, so it was a great victory for the United States this week. The uh, U.S. The U.S. only assault force uh, took out ISIS leader Abu Bakr al Baghdadi. I just say Big Daddy. Uh, since the uh, media is too busy uh, griping about how President described the raid, here are the details that you might not know. The raid took place on Sunday morning last week, involving U.S. elite forces being transported by helicopter from a base in Syria into a province uh, four miles from the Turkish border. ISIS fighters were eliminated by two airstrikes from supporting U.S. helicopters. Uh, uh, From there, the forces surrounded uh, Baghdadi's compound, urging those inside to exit. Those who did not exit included 11 children. Once the assault was completed, the U.S. forces retrieved documents and electronics from the compound. After departing, the military destroyed the compound in a precision strike to ensure that it would not become a a shrine or otherwise a memorial in in any way. Uh, According to Frank McKenzie, the head of the U.S. Central Command, it looks pretty much like a parking lot with large potholes in it. Uh, Six ISIS fighters died inside the compound, four women and two men, including uh, al-Baghdadi. It is believed that two of his children, I think it was three of his children, died with him as he detonated his suicide vest. And since Washington Post practically gave al-Baghdadi an obituary by calling him an austere religious scholar at the helm of the Islamic State, it seems uh, some people now uh, seems need a reminder about who this guy was. Al-Baghdadi was responsible for murdering innocent Americans Jim Foley, uh, Stephen Sotloff, Peter Kasich, and um, uh, Kayla Muller. Remember when Obama and, the, and was the president and ISIS was beheading Americans every five minutes and then he'd stop on his golf cart uh, with, golfing with his buddies to make a little statement and then he'd go back to his golf cart um, and go back to playing golf and not really going after it. It's believed the ISIS leader was responsible for more than 300 public beheadings and for killing thousands captured by prisoners of war. And remember that, uh, that pilot that they captured? and they put him in a cage and he was they said Syrian,
2: Syrian pilot
1: yeah Syrian yeah. pilot and yeah. they set and they set him on fire they set him on fire alive while he's in a cage can't get away from it this is a this is a true scholar scholar uh, that we should uh, we should not be celebrating his death so maybe that's why the president trump announced his death this way
2: he was a sick and depraved man and now he's dead he's dead he's dead as a doornail And he didn't die bravely either, I will tell you that. He should have been killed years ago. Another president should have gotten him. I would say all the time they'd walk into my office, sir, we killed this leader at a low level, this leader. I said, I never heard of him. I want al-Baghdadi. That's the only one I know now. I want al-Baghdadi. Get him. And they got him. Okay, you know, a couple thoughts. Number one, uh, I know this almost goes without saying, but the guys that do this kind of work, the guys, these commandos that go in and do this kind of stuff are flat out amazing. And these are people that make me feel good to be an American. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable what they do. The other comment would be, we will never know. All of the horrors. I mean, we know what we know, but we don't know the depths, the horrors, the suffering that went underneath this guy. You could actually argue this guy caused more death and destruction than even Osama bin Laden. Um, and and why is it that that it seems like the left is in mourning over this guy almost? They don't yeah, seem happy
1: about it, Ed. Yeah, because they don't want they don't want Trump to get any any uh, credit for anything. Ah, okay, and I can tell you, uh, Don and I were in New York City. At the Marriott Marquis in in Times Square, when Obama announced the that they had killed uh, Osama bin Laden, and in the bar, things things went from being watching uh, West Coast baseball games to you know, what I guess it was the uh, World Series about then, and uh, no, it wasn't. It was the beginning because it was in May. So, uh, and all of a sudden we hear USA USA and this chant going a big louder and louder, and we're going what happened? What happened? We go look at the thing and we're reading the, the subtitles that we, we killed, uh, Osama bin Laden. And I'm no fan of Obama, but there was, there was patriotism going on. And I said, let's go down to Times square. So we went downstairs and walked out in the middle of Times square. It's almost midnight. And, uh, we're looking for all the things on the screens, but we're just still just ads. And I go, let's go to ground zero. And Don goes, well, it's almost midnight. We're Three sheets to the wind, and you want to get on the subway. Uh, let's go to bed and get up early and do it because we were there for a mortgage banker's conference, and there was pandemonium celebration at Ground Zero. TV cameras, everything going on at Ground Zero the next morning, and uh, it's it's sad. It's sad that if you if you listen to CNN and MS, MSNBC, it was outrage over the president's tone.
3: It's really unprecedented when you think about how much detail he actually went into. Are you saying it's irresponsible? I think it is irresponsible.
1: He sounded not like a president of the United States. He actually... Sounded like Saddam Hussein after torturing people. Uh, sounded like Muammar Gaddafi
2: after he would torture uh, uh, people.
1: There's a long trail ahead of him. Actually, finally
2: releasing details, explicit details, some of which sort of echoed, and um, frankly, the crudeness you would often expect to hear maybe from ISIS.
1: Yeah, you'd think they would be uh, happy that the guy who's killed so many Americans and so many, so many anybody around the around the uh, world, they they'd be celebrating. Remember how we're supposed to praise, uh, we were supposed to praise Obama when bin Laden was killed, but when Trump gets al-Baghdadi?
2: It doesn't mean that the fight against ISIS is over, uh, and it doesn't mean that we can declare mission
0: accomplished uh, and, and just walk away.
2: I think this was a successful raid in
3: spite of, not because of, Donald Trump's abrupt withdrawal. Uh, of our forces and betrayal of our Kurdish allies. I commended him for that decision. But just because
0: you make some decisions doesn't mean that his foreign policy overall has not been a disaster. It's all about him. This raid was him. The fact was the raid was about
3: our military and he doesn't give credit where credit is due.
0: You would have think that he was talking about watching and, and giving commentary on a video game. The president of the United States precipitously withdraws troops from the same area where we need people on the ground.
2: That the, the reports that I've read in the major press is that he made it much more difficult for the uh, uh, Delta Force to do their job. They get
3: pulled
0: off, I think, in spite of his, uh, his actions.
2: Another rambling, incoherent message
1: from Biden. Yeah, and did you notice he said, "From the report, what I what I know from the reports I've heard from the major press, hey Biden, you don't know what Trump knows. You don't know what the top uh, the top brass in the in the Joint Chiefs and uh, the and the military command what they know. What's going on? You don't have any idea. You're reading it from the press, and what else would the press say but stuff that is not flattering to Donald Trump."
2: You know, like you alluded to earlier, what's sad is that when bin Laden was taken out, it was a nonpartisan thing and we all got together, at least for a moment, maybe a day, maybe a week. And when we put the politics aside and we were just happy together, we came together as a country, just like after 9-11. And I would have hoped this would have been an opportunity for that as well. But uh, not in this day and age, Ed. Nope,
1: nope. It's, uh, it's all it's so divided and it doesn't need to be divided. It's uh, they can't stand Trump. Not because of what he's, how he's doing the job, but because of his, uh, his straightforward, uh, unfiltered way that he talks. And quite frankly, he talks the way we all think. I mean, when, when Obama came out and said, well, you know, we captured and killed and blah, blah, blah. And he was very respectful and all that stuff. We were all saying, you know, I hope the guy burns in hell. And- <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's, why, that's what got Trump elected. We just want to hear straight talk. Don't don't blow smoke up our butts. Don't uh don't sugarcoat it. Tell us what happened. The truth. So, anyway, let's go on. Um if you're listening to this show, you probably already know that most of today's Democrats are top-notch losers. Uh we got a great example this week. Democrat from our great state of California, District of Ventura County, was indeed on fire and yet she was in DC defending her her she was defending herself against campaign finance violations. We're talking about now former Congresswoman Katie Hill, uh, one of many freshmen who won their seats as part of the 2018 midterm. Hill's time in Congress was less than one year. She is found uh, to be having sexual extramarital relationship with her campaign finance manager, a man, and a young staffer, a woman, who had a threesome with Hill and her husband. Uh, Much like uh, her fellow freshman, Elon Omar, there's speculation that Hill's campaign funds are all mixed up in her affairs. And uh, just to inject this, I uh, also saw a story on uh, Maxine Waters is uh, is under investigation now for using her campaign funds to pay her own personal bills.
2: Say it isn't so, Ed. No, it's so. <laughs> it is so. So when the House
1: Ethics Committee announced on October 23rd that it would conduct an investigation into the allegations because she would be in violation of health Ethics. House ethics reforms. Say it three times fast. House ethics. House ethics reforms that were implemented last year in response to the Me Too movement. How ironic is that? Hill sent an email to two constituents admitting to one of the relationships. The young female staffer, believed to be 22 years old, who Hill and her husband uh, took on took on vacations with them as part of a polyamorous relationship. I think that's like polygamy without. The marriage, but the very next day, Katie Hill went wanted to know if uh, wanted you to know that if you're a Republican who likes conservative media, that it's your fault.
3: This coordinated campaign carried out by the right-wing media and Republican opponents, enabling and perpetuating my husband's abuse by providing him a platform, is disgusting and unforgivable, and they will be held accountable.
1: Well, you know it's a shame we had some more clips to play with that. As well as a ghost story from Hillary Clinton. We'll try to fit that in Blame it on the Republicans. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Scott, thanks for joining me this week. Ed, always a pleasure. And uh, those of you out there, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week.
2: The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS
3: ID number 9921, California TRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO. 0926439. 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona
2: license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.